If you're looking to buying a new home or selling your home, please go see Legacy Realty Group Remax Vantage and speak to Valdir Baptista Correa, real estate agent at 508-441-1628. His email is Realtor at gmail.com. His motto is your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. That's Valdir Korea at 508 441 1628. You can buy a home or you can sell the one you have. But see this guy. Like he says, your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. missing out on opportunities all right um hey 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 welcome to the really charlie podcast and today i'm with my boy my friend russell remus and we're going to co-host this uh this podcast and 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 talk about a few things that are on our mind and um we we should have another guest coming on from uh, paca and talk about the Cozy Up Gathering Center, which I was informed about through uh, a friend of mine, uh, Flip Rose, and uh, he thought it was something that should be uh, brought, podcasted, and so that's what we're doing. You know, we're, we're podcasting um, the, uh, we're going to podcast about the Cozy Up Gathering Center at Packer at uh, Cogswell Street in New Bedford, Massachusetts, so um but meanwhile, what we're going to do is Russell and I are going to talk about something we just just a few minutes ago was just talking about, you know, the seniors. So, Russell, I'm mm-hmm. going to let you take the lead on this and um, and then we'll we'll go from there. All right. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I, I thought it's a perfect opportunity to open a discussion with everybody on how we can help our seniors become uh, better with technologies that they're using uh, during the uh, pandemic. There were a lot of seniors that didn't have the opportunity to um, really utilize that. And as a community, we should get together and and somehow, some way, show them all these devices, how they work, whether it's dual or whether it's um, you're on Google. Google is is expanded so much now that they can get on with all of their family members. If we can show them and show them in a way that's really simplified, we, if, if incidents happen, like, for example, today it snowed here in New England. We got our first snowstorm in New England and people are pr- pretty much stuck in the house. And, um, you know, to get over all of this, um, we can show them, show them how to use these things. And we get some you get so many requests on seniors trying to send material to, let's say, uh, Social Security, which is basically a lot of faxing that goes on. Um, there's a lot of technical stuff that that gets involved in this that they just don't understand, and I could see it. I could see on their faces they get so frustrated. But once you start to help them, they understand. Um, there's there's a lot of tools that they can use. True, you know, and uh, seniors, you know how they did things. They were really, you know, take a lot of different notes and uh, write things down on notebooks. And um, I think if we kind of form a little booklet, you know, a little little booklet you know not as big as you know when we were growing up they would give us the registry booklet to study for our driving test but 
just a little booklet about, um, you know, uh, um, how to do this. And um, because if we give them something like on a video, a YouTube video, they may not know how to get to that, that access, get the access to that video. So sometimes we got to, this may be one option is just to give them something that they can hand held, hold and um, a little booklet, you know, just enough so they can, uh, you know, know where to click on and what to do. But um, I, I think it's something very important, you know, only because if they can get on maybe a Zoom meeting or, or just, a, a, you know, and with the Apple products, you know, they have the iPad with FaceTime, you know, that's that's half the battle. You know, it keeps the communication going, you know, with that senior and, and their family or their friends, you know, because mm-hmm. they kind of lose touch, you know, other than talking on the phone and, and believe it or not, some of them may not just get up, don't want to get up to go answer the phone, you know. It may be right there, you know, they're just tired and winded, but, um, you know, sometimes uh, the technology could help them out, especially now and during the pandemic and uh, in, in, in days like this where there's a snow day, you know. You know, I saw a really good uh, um, example of what what they could use, which is more traditional. And a friend of mine basically took a planning book and took that planning book and put different color codes in it. And made it really, really designer, you know, so if there was a birthday in the family, they got little stickers, they put little flowers around it, you know, on that specific day, that could help them out a lot. I saw a fantastic uh, example of that maybe one day we can have it uh, come on to the show and uh, and we can we can show that. It looks like we have a Sandra Andre saying maybe we have classes in their buildings. Sandra, I think that would be an excellent idea. The only problem is right now with the COVID going on and, you know, we got to still... You know, we have to still be very careful because the situation of being older, you know, you don't want to, as you know, I know you know all of this. We don't want them to pick something up. So I think what they need to see is something a little bit more simplified. And, and with this sort of, you know, you can buy a, a nice binder book with a big, you know, big calendar days on it. Make it really fun. You know, put little stickers in it. If you know, uh, uh, maybe even someone's face in the family. Maybe for a particular birthday, you can put their that person's face in there. Or maybe for an event. Maybe there's a special event going on. You can you know show them how to get little symbols out. You can you know you can take a a, a regular newspaper or a magazine, and I, I think they'd get have some fun with this and just cut out little pots and pieces. Maybe there's a certain day that they want to buy like certain things like soap. They want to remember for the next month they need soap. They need certain groceries. You can just have them cut it out and then just put it in at a certain time inside the book so that they're not always feeling like, wow, we got to jump on board of this technology. And in some ways it's good for them. In some ways they don't, you know, the old old school way of keeping, I I still even have a, a, a daily uh, diary, you know, the book, I still have the booklet. And sometimes, you know, I write things in there. It's not always dependent on, you know, what's on, what's in the calendar or something. Yeah. The, um, you know, uh, in, in our family, we still write on the calendar, even though we have a calendar electronically on our phones and, you know, on our PCs or laptops. And, but, uh, sometimes you just can't get away from some of those old ways. And, um, but I, I get it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. as far as the classes, um, it, it, uh, it's, it is really tough to, to kind of get in those buildings. But don't, you know, we, we don't want to let it 
stop us, you know, too much, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so. I just want to say hello to Michael, you know, Michael Samayo. Um, yeah, and Russell says hello, too, in the, uh, yeah. in the chat. Um, yeah, and the so, chat is open, uh, open for anybody that they want to uh, chat in and say hello. Yeah, just just make sure you put it in the comment section. Um, the uh, you know private chats between uh, the guest and, and myself, or the guest and me and uh, and and um, and Russell. You know that's a conversation. And like if we want to bring up something, like you know one of the things I like to bring up is like the the homeless and um, and it, it's so sad walking around and, and seeing many of the things that are going on. Um, but, uh, you know, we got to give it a good try, you know, and this city, I think is giving it a good try, you know, they're trying the best they can. Um, yeah, and, and make a, make a note on it for today, which is very important. The important Sydney Portian has, has passed away and he always said, you know, central human dignity, you know, we have to, uh, you know, understand someone else, being in someone else's shoes. And, you know, we've been doing this all our life, you know, just to get them, just to be able to deal with people. We always, you know, we've been through this. We've been so been through so much in the 60s. We, And in order to be, have a, a peaceful line in our lives, we we basically jumped into other other folks' shoes to see, you know, where are they coming from or what, what's going on. You got to understand the next, the, the next person, you know, there's got to be apathy and we don't have it. And I think part of the problem is if if you've never experienced being homeless, then you don't know. I know I've experienced it. I've experienced it not only in you know when I was in Baltimore years ago. I remember I remember sleeping on the back of a porch. And if anyone's ever seen the movie Fences, you can that is a perfect perfect example. I think they filmed that in Philadelphia, but that house that's in 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 fences, man, I remember that backyard because what's happening is the urban cities, they have like a little, um, I guess it's an offshoot area where you can actually drive your, you can drive a car back there and it's, it's like a little trailway behind behind the buildings. Yeah. And um, I remember in the heat in uh, uh, in Maryland, just laying out on the back of someone's porch while I was getting ready to go to school and I just didn't have my apartment and then coming back to New Bedford, I mean, just, you know, uh, what, 15 years ago, just myself, finding myself in that situation for a little bit of time. And, um, you know, if you if you don't know what that's like or if you don't know what a cold night would be and then you're – I remember I remember taking my little cart and pushing it somewhere and going, you know, what am I going to do tonight on this, you know? And actually at the time I didn't even know what the, you know, what the services were out there. I was just hoping that maybe – you know, I'd go maybe go to the local club and put it on the side and hopefully, you know, I can speak to someone and say, Hey, you think I can temporarily crash at your place? And on top of that goes, you know, your your own family, your own family members right in your own city, you know, we gotta get rid of that stigma. Um, that that says, you know, oh well, you know, it's their fault. You know, and we dealt with that because of our you know, sometimes it's culture wise, you know, we'll throw in your face and say, Oh, it's your fault, you did it. You know, you made you made yourself you put yourself in that situation or something like that. But, um, you know, you, when you're out there looking for a job and you're pushing and pushing and pushing. I know if if I hadn't walked down the street, down Union Street and saw the Ernestina there and got opportunity to jump on the ship for five months, 
for the state, man, I don't know. You know, I was willing to do whatever I had to do. It was, I, I was working. I did the fish houses, did uh, uh, a friend and uh, me and a friend worked in, uh, you know, one of the wharf uh, shrimp <laughs> shrimp factories, just standing in line pulling the skin off with shrimp, man, mm-hmm. for, for, for eight hours. I mean, it's, it really comes down to what you, you know, when you're in that situation, what you, would you really do, you know, which is, which is, uh, you know, nothing that is, you know, it's better to do something honest than do something illegal. You're going to go out there and do what you have to do. You know, you, you know, riding the bike up the North end just to go work at D'Angelo's and, you know, make sandwiches, you know, all those things are really, really, you know, a person has, has to deal with. You have to become creative when you're in that kind of, that kind of situation. But sometimes, um, and there was something here in 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 some of the some of the doc the work on uh, a packer that said you know they're holistic they're, they're trying to find out the whole picture you know what's going on with a person you can't just all of a sudden have uh you know a recovery and say okay well a person's going to get re- rehabilitated uh, they become sober and they're not going to drink anymore it's not just that just doesn't end it that's not enough it has to be more than yeah. that it has to be more than that you have to be you, you got to have guidance you got to have the right people in your corner so that they don't all of a sudden slip off again and not having you know and, and a lot of these organizations give out you know great clothing you can stay warm you don't have to stay wet anymore so we really got to give ups big ups to all these beautiful programs that we do have that are that are really working hard and you know which ones they are charlie we uh yeah, there's, there's, if you want to seek and find a lot of different things that are going on in the city, you can, you can find in any city, you know, you just got to reach out and go to your town hall, your city hall, and then actually go to, go to the women's centers and the men's centers or, or even, you know, the police stations, you know, because it did providing a lot of things in, in, in our trainings and, and different trainings and, and, so get that information, even if it's a bunch of little leaflets or flyers or bulletins, um, you know, grab them, put them in your pocket and kind of, if you have to hand it out to someone, do it. Um, I want to say hello to Debbie Monass, one of our colleagues, and, um, you know, nice seeing her, long time no see, and uh, I just want to, that's another good person, genuine person, and uh, you know, I miss working with her on a daily basis, and um Ms. Mones, I just want to say Happy New Year and, and best of health with you. The uh, let's see, I'm trying to bring up um, uh, a photo of um, the. Uh, I want to bring up a photo um, of something I'm going to add to to the Really Charlie podcast, and I'm going to do it biweekly, and I'm going to do it with a. A cousin of mine, uh, Marvin Speller, we call him Coach One Hundred, and uh, it's gonna t- it's gonna deal with making uh, uh, mental health a priority with everybody. So, um, what I want to do is just bring up that photo, only because I think it's it's in doing it biweekly. It kind of keeps it. You know, we, we don't want to be out of touch with anybody by doing something on a monthly basis or anything like that, because, you know, there's a, that's a lot of time. There's a, a lot of things can happen within 24 hours, never mind, you know, uh, 30 days, you know. So 
bring in coach on here and, and let him bring his intellect to the program on a bi-weekly uh, basis, you know, would be great, you know. And uh, so he reached out to me and uh, I'm so proud and happy of the work that he does, especially with the homeless out there on the West Coast. You know, he's doing a lot of good things out there, him and his wife, Kristen. And uh, so, but uh, trying to find that picture right now on my iPad so I can bring it to the screen here. Yeah, and and there are many, you know, uh, uh, facilities that we have uh, for uh, mental uh, uh, illness. Um, years ago, I used to work for Crisis, so I used to do the overnight Overnight, when they were on Union Street, my job was from 12 to maybe 7 or 8 in the morning. So I got to see definitely a lot of different, you know, situations and, and cases. And some of the things that you would see would surprise you because, you know, some people that we would know, unfortunately, had things happen and it turned their life. Yeah, exactly. And it would turn their life around. So the stigma of thinking that, well, you know, this happened to this person. Then all right, you re- I remember the time. Um, um, what was the uh, singer's name? Uh, famous singer. It kind of loses losing it right now. Let's see. Um, Natalie Cole. Natalie mm-hmm. Cole had a, had a moment years ago when uh, you know mental illness was just coming to you know to to the you know, the media and everyone was finally getting to know it. And there was sort of a little bit of a stigma about it. One second, Russ, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So, so for, for our audiences, many of you out there that have definitely, you know, you know, you know, someone, or you've experienced it, um, you know, we, we get the chat, the chat's open. If you want to put a, a shot statement in there and, you know, referring to something, you know, then we can open up on it on further on the conversation to say, hey, you know, maybe there's, there's solutions or ideas. Um, we, we, can, we can sit in, in meetings all day long and just keep talking and talking and talking in a round table of people, but there's no better place to really do it than to get out sort of in the field and walk around. I mean, I, I live in a city where I walk around in the city, so I get to see a lot of things that are going on all over. I get to see it firsthand. So when you get to see it firsthand, you you know what's you know what's going on. You get to talk to people, you get to you get to see with your own eyes what's what what's going on or you come up you try to think of what what could be a solution. True. The um, I I, I like kind of, you know, I, I one day I hope that you and I can kind of go, um, and do that one on one with a lot of people and just kind of be candid and and honest and talk with people about some of the things that they're going through, um, and 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 not judging anybody and and that's the one thing that you you. If, if you're trying to go into and try to find some solutions to homelessness or, um, without having any empathy for the people that are you're talking to or trying to provide some care for, then you defeated your main purpose of going out there and trying to help and assist. So, you know, I have an understanding and, and a, a, 
a heart for a lot of people that are out there, including you. You know, there's something we talk about it on it. When you think about it, you and I just our conversations on a weekly basis. Um, and we, we sort of bring up the homeless, uh, conversation every week, you know, and, um, and being where, 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 where we are, we see it constantly regardless. Um, there's, there's definitely, it's something that we get our daily reminders. So, yeah, um, the, uh, I, um, you know, I was, uh, I'm going to try to bring up this, um, we're just going to make mention of this, um, only because we're on here for the second time talking about uh, a building uh, organization. And uh, we're just going to, I don't know if you can see. Can you see that, Russell? Yeah. All right. Um, at 360 Cogswell Street, New Bedford, um, is the PACA building. And uh, they have... Uh, a center there. It's called Cozy Up at the Gathering Center. 360 Cogswell Street, New Bedford. Monday through Friday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, from December 15th through March 15th. Um, for more information, you should visit PACA. P-A-A-C-A dot org. And um, that's that, That's an app. That's just a, a venue where you can go and it supports people that are who are unhoused and just don't have a place to go. So if you, you're looking for the three three hours or so to just kind of get out of the weather or get out of the elements, you know, and if you're just stranded, um, whether it's downtown or, or north end, wherever you may be, you know, just take, you know, if you have enough physical ability to take a walk and get to the cozy center at least it will provide you with three hours of you know of, of some some heat you know and, and some interaction with people and the one thing about being in that building is there's so many resources there that you can where someone can help you or try to help you because a lot of people that are within the building helping out a lot of people that have been through some situations and um could definitely feel for you if you're unhoused. So. Mm -hmm. Michael says here, uh, my consulting roles with federally qualified health centers throughout the country. I have witnessed the hard work each group applies to meet the needs of those communities, including the homeless. And that's, that's great, Mike. That's really, that's definitely uh, something else, but I can't, yeah, that's uh, one of the uh, – we, we tend to get that on the YouTube. And, um, okay. It, uh, it um, you know, it's definitely a lot of uh, – it, it's comes – you know, this, this is being broadcast podcast all over the world. So, you know, we get different language barriers. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, uh, eventually, you know, we, we do get comments, but uh, – they're on there and and I can't translate it. So I yeah, no, it what's actually looks like a V V A R K Tech. Yeah. So I think someone's trying to say something that is a uh, maybe a website or something. Looks like a dot after it, 
V V A R K Tech, but we won't go there. But you know, as when you had brought up the thing about all over, you know, and we do this with the radio station, which the radio station is going all over the world. So you're absolutely right. This internet is amazing that it can reach so many people. And our experiences are going different places. You know, um, I remember being in New York City and we we're out there doing a little filming. It was myself and uh, a few others doing a short little documentary. Uh, we went into one of the buildings. It was one of the tall high rises, and it was and it was somewhat in a you know low income area. And I got in the elevator. It was my first time in this part of New York, and I was going down in the elevator, and I was just so appalled. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just all this. It was urine smells. It was cigarette butts. It was just really, really bad situation. And I and as I was riding down the elevator, we got to one other floor. And uh, a woman came in and she came in with her little son. And and as I was saying, you know, I experienced all of these senses, the smells, everything. And then all of a sudden the little kid got on. And he said, hi, how are you, sir? And I looked at the child and I just realized and that this is where we should all realize, too. I looked at him. It's, it's not it's not his decision, you know, to say, OK, you know, I'm just going to be I'm here. You know, it's a, he. You know, maybe in the future you could probably go off and see some different things, but this was the environment he was living. So if if we're judgmental about that moment and all of a sudden we're like, wow, you know, this is this is look at this, this is dirty, this is this, this is that, then we get thrown off about the overall picture of what's actually going on. You know, they don't understand why is that situation the way it is or who should be fixing it. So we can do that just even locally when we see, we, you know, when you see somebody or something and just off the top of your head go, oh, that's, you know, I, I hear someone say, oh, that's disgusting. Why are they, you know, that way or this way or some way? And you don't know this story. You don't know how it happened, you know, and and, and that's why in this brochure here, they was talking about the overall, uh, looking at the overall situation. You just can't all of a sudden say, okay, tell somebody just, you know, go off and just be sober. You know, you don't yeah. have to do anything. Just be sober. It doesn't work like that. It's it's the overall picture of everything. It's where they live. It's if could you actually get a job? And there are other things that, you know, uh, probably suppressing them from from getting a job. Maybe maybe their history or maybe they're worried about in the past or what someone's going to think of them and go, oh, you know, I, I see you working at such and such a place. But I remember when you were, you know, on the streets and blah, 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 blah. You know, it doesn't, you know, you got to be able to just, once you move ahead, cut that off and move ahead and say, you know, I'm going to keep moving, moving forward, moving forward and not worrying about, you know, what, what someone else, what someone else's uh, biases are. True. And, um, you know, sometimes when, when we mention things that like being dependent on a few things and, and, or substance or, you know, some people just don't, uh, they they kind of they think that uh, uh, depending on you know being dependent on drugs or, or and they forget to realize that you know alcohol is a dependency you know sometimes people depend on it to just kind of bring them in a different place a different feeling you know and um and you know you remember during this this pandemic that you know when they talked about leaving essential stores and facilities open. You know, they they definitely thought about leaving. Well, they did. They did authorize that liquor stores could be open, you know, open and and uh, as essential places. You know, and um, 
So we can't judge anybody and 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 the kind of um you know alcohol is is a key to a lot of people's lives and um you know whether it's obstructing them, soothing them, or uh, you know just getting them through. You know we gotta we gotta find something to help out many many people in this community when it comes to drugs and alcohol and homelessness. You know. They may not be dependent on anything, and, and sometimes they, when you see someone there struggling, you know, or, or homeless, or unhoused, you know, the first thing we want to do is tie into something that you know that's restricting them, and it's not always something that you're um, addicted to, and um, just got to remember that. Um, let me see. Mike Smale says it's great you are creating a visibility to these important issues. True. And Michael, you, you, I'm going to say this firsthand, Mike, Mike, you, um, you know, you have a lot of intellect and if there's anything, you know, subject matter or something that you want to bring up, you know, please, you know, as we keep in contact every day, you know, just let me know. Say, Hey, this is the subject matter. Maybe you should bring to the podcast. And, um, you know, I got to thank my lucky stars that I have a good friend, and, and you, Michael, and I have a good friend in Russell that, you know, I could depend on, you know, and, and it's usually there in a short, short notice. And, um, you know, I like co-hosting a lot of things um, with Russell. And uh, speaking of that, we're going to, let's bring up our, our commercial here. We got to do this. Okay. Um, and especially today, you know, being a snow day. We're going to bring up our two commercials. Right. Perfect time for this commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Dial a Shovel, your local residential snow removal service. Please contact us if you have any questions. We look forward to helping you keep your property safe and clear. Our number is 774-634-6200. Perfect timing. I definitely remember the days of running running around with a shovel in my hands and knocking on doors and telling someone, "Can can I shovel your walk? Can I shovel your walk?" But you know, I had a little I had a little way to do that. And what it was is my my competitors were charging more money. So what I did was I charged less less money, and I was able to get in and get out and and do a good job and move to the next house to the next house. So well, my competitors were charging more money. They were they were being told by the by the person they better you know they every every second they were telling them now I want you to do this you got to really earn that that ten dollars back then ten dollars was a lot of money so they made them work harder so they spent more time on the scene working so I figured if you charge less then you could just do the basics you do the front of the house you do a walkway to the back and you tell them specifically you clean the porch off then you move on to the next house and the next house. So the time that it the time that it took them to do one house for that higher price, they were losing out. Yeah, I did. My, go, my, my go to shovel was a <laughs> steel. It was a steel blade with a long wooden handle, and the key yeah. to the wooden handle is that the wood wasn't gonna freeze your hands and make it. Everyone was trying to get those. Those newer shovels with some aluminum, or, or yeah, you know what? Guess what? That only made it worse when you were shoveling. You know, you get yeah. that get that wood handle shovel, yeah. and 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 you know what? It usually broke up the ice a whole lot easier. You start getting yeah. those aluminum shovels, and guess what? It bent. Yeah, you're out of 
you know, yeah. no trouble, no work. <laughs> yeah. Made a good, made a good buck on that to go to sit, go sit down at Kresge's downtown where they used to have that on uh, the corner of uh, uh, Purchase, Purchase and um, William Street it was now the Rite Aid. That used to be the Kresge's with the beautiful '60s diner. Remember, it was like a Rockwell picture, man. You go sit, sit there at the counter. That's where I'd go when I was done with my paper route. Yeah. Was that $13, $13 a week was a lot of money. <laughs> hey, for a 14-year-old kid, $14 a week to me was was a lot of cash. Yeah, I think um Yeah. I think the cheap the the lowest check that I ever received or remember receiving <laughs> um, it was uh was around $45 for the week and um that's that's uh <laughs> you could spend forty five dollars in uh real quick in uh in the yeah. ten items or less item. I mean forty five dollars <laughs> is nothing, you know. Yeah, definitely, Michael. That was it. You just had to keep you just had to keep the gears going, man. Keep the paper route going. I actually had eighty I had eighty papers, right? And you would say, You had eighty papers? I did I did uh Court Street, Cottage Street, uh part of part of County Street. I had that whole area. I had the Warm Center. And would you believe it or not, 40 of my papers went to the House of Correction, Mm -hmm. which when I would bring them to the House of Correction, they'd always invite me to come in, which I never really wanted to go in. And I had to not only go in, but they would send me to the back (laughs) to drop the papers off. And man, let me tell you, I said, I'm going to keep working this paper route. <laughs> I got to stay out of trouble and keep working this paper route because, man, uh-uh, I'll tell you what, I would have just delivered the 40 papers. It didn't matter. It, I didn't have to drop it off there, but that, that was definitely an eye-wakener. So. Yeah. So, I forget my- the guy's name that was running that. that uh, he would come. I, I, what was the guy's name? He's a K-Verdian guy who worked down at the Standard Times in um, – I don't know how I forgot his name, but he was he was a supervisor that would come with a truck. If anybody remembers him, he was always dropping off. I haven't seen him in years, but he would come and, you know, collect the money and give us our papers, whether it was rain or shine. If it was a snowy day like today, you better believe your mother was telling you, you better go deliver someone's paper. Yeah. You uh... <laughs> put your boots on and get out and go deliver papers. One of the greatest paper boys in the world um was my friend Curtis Rose. Curtis Rose used to take a shopping cart and it was full, usually all the way up to uh to the top, you know, mm. and that's how many papers he had. He constantly took routes over and over again. But to see that dude every day kind of going through the South End, the, you know, Bay Village, pushing his cart through the snow. And it didn't matter how many inches are on the ground, he still was pushing his carriage and making those deliveries. So a shout out mm-hmm. to uh, Russell Ramis getting through the elements and a shout out to Curtis Rose for delivering those newspapers. This, this, can, can we get into it? Because since we started talking about tools, what are the tools? I know that there's um, uh, some really nice folks that drop off. Joey they drop Mr. off. Mr. Rose. I'm sorry. Mr. Mr. Rose, I think it was it Mr. Rose, Joey. Yeah. It could have been Mr. Rose. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Was his first name? Oh, could it 
I can't remember the first name, but um, I was thinking of how we have some really great volunteers that bring out uh, backpacks for the homeless. They they give, uh, you know, whether it's a pushing cart that you need. But again, we start thinking about doing those things. But then what's what's the whole picture, the bigger picture? That's only that's only temporary. That's only a temporary situation. So what is the what is the answer to move folks on? So, for example, where where if you see someone like I, I was seeing someone every day and I would tell this young man, you know, you you you, you got to I, I want to help you, man. I want to give you this phone number. Call this person. I got in touch with someone. So I saw him all summer long. I kept telling him here. I want you to call this person. They're ready for you. Give him a call. Then when I saw him a couple of times, I asked him, did you call? And one day he told me, no, I didn't call because I was out. Last night, we were all hanging out. We were drinking. I said, you know, in reality, when the weather gets cold, you're not going to be able to stay out here. You're going to make yourself sick. You're going to, when you get older, you're going to become an older person like me. Your body changes. You're going to start getting, you're going to get sick. You can't continuously do this. And he would say, oh, okay, okay, next time. But um, I, I spoke to him, you know, lots of times, over and over. So in a situation like that, what would you do? Well, with me personally, um, you know what? Lenny, I'm sorry, Joey. Thank you, Lenny. I, I appreciate it. You did, uh, Joey. You did bring in, bring in the name I was looking for, Joey. It was Lenny. I yeah. don't remember Lenny's last name, but he was a great, Rose. great guy. Lenny Rose. Lenny, Lenny Rose. Okay. The um, it, a lot of times what I I try to, especially you know being police department and doing you know my career and and i always you know, i didn't want to tell anybody i don't know you know and regardless of what situation they came i i always said i don't know isn't an answer and i always felt that it should never be an answer when you're in public service you know if you're there and, and you're doing something and and someone comes in and and has a question for you and you say, I don't know. Um, I, I can't. That that was me personally. I could never say I don't know to someone. I always try to find out, you know, something. At least if it was the very minimum thing that I can offer someone when they were asking for something, whether it's getting a shelter, getting shelter, whether it was, um, you know, uh, you know, needing a ride here or there, you know, try, I always try to give them some kind of direction on. But I would never say I don't know. It's just something I couldn't do. Um, personally, I didn't want to do that. I thought I was in a in a position in a profession where I needed to kind of protect and serve. And if it's uh, asking me a simple question to help out someone, I always I I wouldn't say I don't know. And Donna Ponce, thank you, thank you for that that uh, comment. You know, we're trying to keep up the good work, and as we do things here on the podcast. We also do things um, at WMB1 Radio. Um, Russell and I are actually on the radio um, every Tuesday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And we basically, you know, we're doing our thing, you know, doing something that we love. And that's being behind the microphone, playing some good, good music to uh, for you all. So continue to join us. And um, I'm... I, I, I'm I like this commercial here that I'm going to bring up only because, you know, 
Russell looks so good in this commercial, you know. He's he's is he he loves this picture. I love this picture. And uh but you know, Nona doesn't love this picture. Why is that, Russell? What's what pictures? What do you what do you got, Charlie? Yeah, Nona doesn't like that picture. I, I went to the dollar store and I bought some uh, easy glue on. You stick it and you put it on the back, man. You stick it on the back here and give you a little ponytail, man. I think it was like a dollar or something like that. I'm well, kidding with you. I guess. I'm going. Hey, I'm going through that. I'm not even. I can't even say midlife crisis anymore. I'm beyond midlife crisis. You know, when you start getting way up, and I'm not going to say how old, but when you get to that point. You're just trying to find some, you're trying to survive, you know, you're trying to keep, you know, you, you, you're trying to, you're trying to still exist and you're saying, and you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror and go, this ain't working anymore. And then after wearing the, after wearing that mask all that time, right, the mask is actually molded. It reminds me of a Twilight Zone, uh, uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone uh, episode where, where the guy had the, the family put on the mask, they take the mask off and all of a sudden you look. And your face is like, you know, the muscles in your face don't work anymore. When you're trying to go like this, man, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm beyond that, man. It doesn't make a difference anymore. When we were younger, we were all worried about that stuff. You know, we went we went to the dance clubs and we made sure we had our design shirts on. That's the days when everybody just went out to dance. There was no, there was no for everybody. We weren't trying to be, you know, gangster. We were just, we were just trying to get a dance. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't worried about it. We just we just wanted to have the nice the nice picture on the front. I think Nona saw one and she was like, "Whoa, look at him!" Like, yeah, <laughs> she won't like that. But that's <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. But we're lucky and fortunate to have gotten gotten to this point. And the serious matter of it is that we still have people in you know right in our own backyard that are just just trying to find a way. And, um, you know, you got places like Mass Rehab. You have, you know, great place Mass Rehab was doing so much. They've done so much in the past, you know, for a lot of folks in the community. You have programs like in Fall River Star. And as a matter of fact, I, I'll have to share with you. I, I did a commercial for Star years ago. And uh, they had, run, they, it was run, they ran it on TV for a while. It was about, you know, not having, not having a job or, you know, trying to find, trying to find a way. And then in these times with the COVID going on, uh, it makes it even more difficult because people are definitely, you know, being wary about going on a job and getting themselves sick. True. You know, so, so you have employees that just, you know, they're just not showing up anymore. Yeah. The, um, I, um, I just hope that, um, you know, this, this coming springtime you know things kind of get a little bit better around here um to to just um i I see so many people depressed and down and out and um it's kind of why you know between deaths you know within this this pandemic or things that are going on and, and people passing away whether it's covid or something else you know and uh it's a lot of people down and out you know and uh 
got to bring some sunshine to this area. And, and I think that we do this through this podcast and trying to highlight people and highlight different things. Um, even through the radio station. I mean, when you get there, you know, to me, it's a good feeling being there on that radio station to play some music, but that's something that, uh, you know, you and I have for ourselves personally, for our well-being, you know, our mental health. You know, it, it's it's not a constant it, thing where we're just homework, homework. You know, we're actually doing no. something that we love. No, that's that's important because you know you you do have to have to find find those hobbies. I mean, there's a lot of hobbies. You know, I find myself involved, and in. I'm still model making. I make I make models. I I do pastel pitches. Um, still writing, you know, still, still going at it. I was, I belong to culture, culture park in New Bedford. We were doing a lot of acting in the last couple of years this year. We couldn't do anything at the whaling museum, but I've written plays, you know, shot plays that have been performed. I always try to find something, something to just keep myself going. And the most important thing is to always keep just trying to keep your head, you know, clean, you know, just not putting, putting stuff, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's uh, alcohol or whether it's just something that can disturb your your mind, your cre- creativity. You know, we were introduced to all that stuff when we were younger. Everybody, everybody was out there. We all had ran, ran around, thought we were invincible. But, you know, as time goes on and I would always pass on to the younger people, don't do it because uh, you'll regret it. Uh, I'm glad I woke up years ago really, really fast to say, hey, you know, this isn't where you're supposed to be going with this. You got to take care of yourself because as you get older, it's going to affect you, man. You're going to wake up one morning and go, what the heck? You know, it's like a tire on a car. Pretty soon it's going to wear down and, you, you know, you can't, we can't just all of a sudden, you know, throw something new on us or jump in another body. It's not going to happen like that. We got to, we got to take care of ourselves. Um, that's the most important thing. And, and, you know, I want to, I want to share with this. I, I once experienced working with, again, the state, I lived in a facility for five months after the Ernestina. Um, it was a living facility where we took, there were a lot of young people or even young adults. They had made a couple of errors. They were, you know, uh, had to stay at this camp. They had to live in the woods. Uh, we would take them out. I even had to be trained for this. So we we went through training, went into the woods, slept slept in the in the woods for for days, most of the time it was right through the season, whether it was in the cold or anything else. And one of the, one of the most amazing things I, I saw, and, 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 there, and there were people all over from Springfield, Boston, the thing that made the difference was three good meals a day turned some heads around. Three good meals a day. When these folks came in and they would just had so much weight on them, they had been in trouble, they got, you know, all these things happened to them. When they were in that environment, where it was way out in way out in the Cape, way out in the woods, they had a clean clean air. They they were able to you know just be in that 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 uh, you know wilderness. They were they were able to just focus. And I I, I was so amazed to see after thirty days a transformation of some of those some of these guys. And he was even at a section for the girls. I mean, they, they came in and they went out healthy. The only downfall to the whole thing was no after treatment. You had nothing to go to after that. So it was like you, you know, going going out and going to the service and you went to boot camp and you came back to your neighborhood and everybody saw you and said, wow, you look so good. You look like you're in shape and you're healthy. And then all of a sudden, you know, bam, you're going down to the local 
local store, you're grabbing a bottle and you're drinking, you're right back to the same thing. So the environment is definitely uh, affects where you're going to go with your health. You know, you, 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 if, if you're in the same spot and you're hanging out with the same, doing the same thing, you're going to fall right back in, right back into that trap. It was, that was probably the most disappointing thing is this, is to see on graduation day, uh, some of these young people or young adults get back on the bus, go home and, you know, knowing that you hear later on that, you know, they're coming back again, or sometimes mm-hmm. they'd have to, they get recycled. They have to come back. The courts would tell them, you have to go back. You got to do it again. You know, and we'd be surprised and look at them and say, wow, what are you doing here again? And he just said, look, you know what? It's better that I come here where this is, this is away from everything. And then I can get healthy. And I always thought in the back of my mind, you know, it would be nice for them not just to be able to not go back to that same setting again. Yeah, exactly. The, um, we, we, Sometimes we're creatures of habit, you know, and sometimes the habits that we have, we just can't get, get rid of them, you know, and, um, you know, but, uh, I like to uh, go back to some of your, uh, you know, things you mentioned about you personally and doing the plays and doing the acting. And, and I just want to let you know that, um, um, during this pandemic, I was actually, you know, talked to by couple of people and um about joining a group called silk sonic so i only had the glasses you know <laughs> I, just, you know, I like those on you should wear them on every show man you know and i, I try to i try to sing i can't sing you know you, it, you uh, bring a you bring a bootsy back yeah you know i, I try to sing like joey gonzalez yubba dubba do baby <laughs> yubba dubba do baby <laughs> That was Derek. That was Derek Rose's format on radio, man. If we bring that, we'll have to bring him back. Everybody knows Derek Rose. He brought the the P Funk to uh, New Bedford. He we will always listen to Doctor Funkenstein and all that stuff. He's the man behind that, and I don't want to steal anything from him because you got to get him back on the show so he can explain it. But when he was on WNBH, that's what that's what he was doing. Yeah, we got to get some of those old school DJs. Um, yeah, you know, and. Uh get them on and just talk about a few things you know every week with we have the uh, privilege and we're fortunate to be around you know uh, guys like brian magnet you know who started at a very very young age since high school and he's continued to do you know the dj thing and bring out so many music so many different uh types of music um but uh he stayed relevant you know and and yeah. you know and and he constantly evolved himself and doing the, the when it came to music, you know. So it's nice to see that he's still around doing those he, things. Doing he's those amazing. Things. He's an amazing guy. I mean, just his his he, the way he presents himself, and you know, he's super super professional. And uh, you know, we I get a kick out of every time we go to the station, you know. And the minute I walk through that door, I know that I know that we're gonna get a we're gonna have a good time. As long as you guys don't tell me about my cell phone anymore. They were always trying to tell me that I have an old school cell phone. But I wanted to mention again about uh, Sidney Portia and you were mentioned about acting. I mean, he influenced me when I was a kid uh, big time. It was A Raisin in the Sun. It was uh, Rachel Holland, 
who was out of New Bedford, who was a professor at BCC, took me to see my first play. And when I saw Raisin and, Raisin and the Sun, I was just blown away. I said, wow, this is an amazing, amazing play. So that influenced me, Lorraine Hansberry, who I studied for a while. She was, a, she was also, she didn't want to find herself stuck in a box. She wanted to make sure that her audience was everybody. She didn't want to say, okay, well, I'm just going to make this for a black audience or a white audience. She wanted everybody to understand the message. And if, you, if you've if you seen Raising in the Sun, you'll understand what that kind of writing was about. And I, I followed that up myself when, when I, whether I was doing some stage acting, and which I studied all the way from Baltimore uh, to, to here, to UMass, where I started doing you know, some theater that influenced me in a big, big way. So, and it continues to influence me and to know that we lost, lost him today, especially with, to serve with love. That was, that was something, you know, I carried with me when I became a substitute teacher and I walked in to some of those classrooms and, you know, I had to deal with some of the young people, you know, I wanted them to respect me just like I respect them. And, you know, what's really nice is years, years later, when you see somebody and they tell you, you know what, Mr. Ramis, I remember you when you were a sub and you were a good sub. And it wasn't so much, okay, you were a good sub because, you know, you were letting someone either get away with something or do something. It's just that they remember me because I, I remembered everybody. I, I wasn't selective. I wasn't looking in the classroom for a particular group or people. I was just looking at everybody as students because I remember what it was like when I was a student. And we have to do that also, you know, when we go back to the, you know, the homeless again, you got to look at people and say, you know, you know, again, you know, wh- what is it that that I can either help you with or or some way, you know, move, move you on or to, to get you in a better situation. And I'm sure many times they will come back to you and say, man, thank you. I, I'm, I'm so lucky that, you know, you you were there and you and you did it. You helped out. It's just many you know, many friends in this neighborhood, you know, even when I remember when I was homeless, they helped me out. You know, there was uh, a young lady, a young lady that would always tell me, no, Russ, you, you know, you come crash on my, you come crash on the couch, man. And, you know, respectfully. And it was a, it was a really good, good situation. They didn't want to see you, you out there, and, you know, not, not to say that we can always trust that, but, you know, they did something. Yeah, exactly. Um, Michael Samuel says, from my brief experience, the artistic and creative process does and has impacted my own behaviors in a positive way. So true. That's good, Michael. Absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Um, Thank you for contributing that. That's right. Can't wait for that book to come out. Um, I want to go. uh, Just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to mention again because Sandra Andrade had mentioned about we were talking about seniors and how you know also seniors needed help and how we could set up uh, or use some buildings again Sandra that stayed with that stayed on my mind because there's so many so many places that we could probably do that but with this pandemic going on it 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 kind of holds us back in, in a sense but maybe doing something like this maybe if we can get them somehow signed in if we can get them somehow signed in on Zoom, you know, and have these meetings and have someone like Charlie. Charlie's very good at, you know, the technical part. We could all volunteer to help out and get them online and talk to them and and, and show them, you know, the basics on how to, how to get on and do these kind of things. So when situations arise where they can't be around everyone, 
the door will the window will open and they'll know how to use this uh technology so true but but thank you sandra yeah back to uh you know i appreciate the comments all the comments and sandra that was a good one especially at the beginning of the podcast um uh, we got about six minutes and um it's uh you know and and look as as we're talking about services and we hear the fire trucks in the background you know and it's constant a constant grind you know with the city services and and you know people are constantly trying to help out the next person and and that goes from the city to to the people on the pavement so the uh I, I want to, you know, continue this conversation and, and I also want to, you know, I, I respect and, and, and appreciate all that, you know, you bring to me, Russell, with your conversations and um, when, when feel free that when we are doing the mental health with coach um, Marvin Spella, I'd, I'd like you to, to actually come on, you know, occasionally and, and even if it's every show, you know, just basically if you have something that you want to talk about or bring up during the conversation, uh, please do. Or even if you know of someone that has a problem, you know, and something that's depressing them or keeping them down, you know, please refer them to, to see, to listen to that podcast or me, maybe even give a testimony of what they're going through because it probably would help out many people that are viewing so, uh, but I, I can't wait for that, and I uh, hope we get it started uh, this week. You know, hopefully uh, this coming week. And you, know. and you may, and you, and I'm sorry, I, didn't, I know we don't have much time, but that's very, that's very important when you said uh, basically give us sort of a testimony of what what we've been through. I mean, to to say I don't mind sharing with people and saying, hey, yeah, right, Russ. Russ was, yeah, I, I was homeless one time, you know, and it's crazy that now that when people see it, they're like, oh, man, you mean this is the guy that does, he did the radio. He's a guy from USM years ago. Uh, he's a guy that started doing the, the acting, the PBS, the ABC, and earned a SAG card and, you know, writes just like Charlie. You know, you do it. All of these things that someone didn't didn't think you were going to do. You did. And I always tell someone that's that's in that situation, stop looking at what you did two weeks ago and say, oh, man, I got to keep living on that and going, oh, I got to regret. I got to keep thinking, oh, I did. I did this and it's not going to be able to move. Just move forward. There's a bunch of man. Life life is really cool because in somewhere there's a magical box. You dig in it. You pull something out and you go, I can't believe. Wow. Look what. You know, look what I did. Look, 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 look at this, man. And and where some people would have thought that you could never do it. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, it doesn't work like that. You just have to, you know, have to believe in yourself or, or whatever you lean on to believe in yourself. Just say, look, you know what? It's going to happen. And you can't kick yourself if you make a mistake. That's And I was telling Charlie, when we started doing the radio and we were, you know, we're kind of like twicking around trying to figure out, you know, what buttons to press. Sometimes, you know, make Charlie press a button. I'll press a button. And we do different things. And I told mm-hmm. Charlie, I said, I said, don't worry about that. When I first started doing radio, I used to pick up the arm on the record and I would go, oh, no, I'd walk home and I would, man, I'd get butterflies in my stomach. You know, imagine walking by in Monty's Park 
man, they used to run the PSAs that we did. So sometimes I would be out of the radio station and then all of a sudden the music's being played on another show and your voice would come out over the over the park or something. You'd go, E, I did that or whatever. You know, so if if you if you made that that little mistake, like picking up the arm on a record, it's not enough for you to all of a sudden, you know, take it internally, walk down the street. Someone says it to you. One day I just said to myself, wait a minute, this is a, a learning ground. This is where we're learning to do this. Like what we're doing now at the radio station, everything's still being constructed. Every The tables are being put in. The technical stuff's being put in. So obviously it's not all going to be you know what it is. Sometimes you just got to improvise on it and not worry, not worry about it. Because if you're worried about it every minute, you're never going to move. They always say Denzel Washington said, you know, someone tell him, told him, don't, you know, don't fall back. He, he says he'd rather fall forward. You know, fall forward, never fall. Don't fall backwards, fall forward. If you make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake. I don't, you know, maybe it's because of, as you start to get older, I just don't worry about stuff like that anymore. How you're going to look or what you can correct it. You can say, okay, so how would you want me to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want me to, do you want me to fix that? Or do you want me to do it? But don't let somebody beat you on the top of your head. This is why some people, they tell me, you know, I can't, I can't do it. I can't move forward because I have to keep having someone tell me, Oh, well, you know, you did this, you did, you know, you, you forget all that stuff. Just keep, Moving up the ladder, slip down, get back. It's like an escalator, you know. You can keep you can keep riding an escalator all day long. It'll take you to the top, but obviously, if you got to get back down to the bottom, it'll, the next day it'll take you back to the top again. Just keep riding the escalator over and over. That's escalator of life. It doesn't matter at this point. So true. The uh, and and I'm glad that you're by my side when and those moments do come for me. You know when uh, I am. Uh, kind of slipping on slipping up with some words i have uh little repetitive things that i do like the word like the uh, phrase um you know i'm always saying that but when you have somebody that's good at your side that you can kind of pander with and talk about you know different 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 situations that just happen makes things a whole lot easier you know and you have made it a whole lot easier for me actually in that radio station doing things along with Brian, you know, Brian's uh, keeps me going. And, and, you know, we all try to encourage each other. He keeps, he keeps us going now. Now Brian sees me in a different light now. Like the other day they were talking on a sports show, but one of the guys said, you know, they pick, they're picking on me because I'm senior, you know, (laughs) don't pick on, man, don't pick on seniors because you know what? We still got it going on, man. Don't mess with us. I'm telling you. So, you know, I mean, that, that stuff happens like like I like I told you, walking home, make, you know, getting butterflies in my stomach and saying, look, look, you know, tomorrow I'm going right back and I'm going to do the same thing again. It's not it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop me from doing it. We're just going to keep moving forward. So true. The uh, we um, you know, we we got a good good thing going and I, I want to keep it going. Um, whoops. I just want to bring this up here, Russell. The uh, this is something we're going to do biweekly, and it's um, you know, feeling stressed, burnt out, discouraged, or depressed. Join Charlie Perry and Coach M100. Uh, let's dive into this together and make your mental health your priority. Um, and uh, just want to bring that up before we close. That's something that's going to be biweekly, and um, I really, really 
need everyone to come on and, and let's talk about Absolutely. it. I have a friend out there and um, Leah, you know, if you're out there listening, please, you know, we talked about many things, you know, in your story. Use this segment to bring your story out, you know, and and uh, and talk to people because there's a lot of people going through what you did. And I like you to bring it to the Really Charlie podcast. Absolutely. So my my man, my friend, um, we we definitely, you know, I appreciate this. You know, um, I tagged you, and it's like a tag team, boom. You know, and you get mm. into the ring, and you have conversations with me and the people that are viewing, and and uh, I think we help out many many people when we come on. And uh, thank you for your help. Yeah, thank you, thank thank you for just just bringing me along a while ago because I'm having. Uh, I'm having a good time with this. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very serious, very serious, and at the same time, we can, you know, have some have some good laughs once in a while, and I won't pick on you. <laughs> just yeah, don't talk I mean, about just don't just don't talk about my cell phone because that if you talk about my cell phone, that gets me kind of wound up. Yeah, Charlie's been telling me that my phone is obsolete. Uh-huh. You know. He's, he's like that Twilight Zone guy. It's obsolete. He keeps telling me my phone's obsolete. Man, this phone is working for 10 years. It still works. Uh-oh, somebody said, 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I've only, had it for, I've only had it for two years. I'm sick. I'm old school. I'm sick and tired of these things. You know, they're not supposed to break down like this. I, I wasn't, my error wasn't like, everything just, it's disposable. You know, they just want us to, you know, not telling us to get rid of this phone. I'm just going to go with, with paper cups and strings pretty soon, and that's how we're going to work it. Charlie, yeah. when I go to the station, be expecting a paper cup with some string. All right. <laughs> well, we're, we'll it, actually man. have to uh, – we're going to have those – find those big spools of, of – of, uh, Yeah, why not? Of, of we'll hook it up, so, man. You know, we can communicate from you from, from the station to your home. All right. You know? You folks, don't forget. Pick up your your spool of your spool of thread over at the radio station, and uh, we'll hook them up so we can. Next time you guys are on, we'll hey, we'll be talking free, man. You don't have to pay. All you gotta do is just, you know, pluck the pluck the string, and you'll be able to hear it. You'll say, "Oh, I heard what he said." No, there's one thing that we have to bring up, and uh, eventually uh, have a podcast about it. Is that um, everything's going up? Prices on everything are going up. You know, but, yeah, but our pay rate is our pay rate isn't going up. You know, oh, give man, us a I dollar and then we we give us a dollar raise and and then we got to pay uh you know four five dollars <laughs> six dollars more at, from the pumps to the to the grocery store. You know, we're paying hey, even a gallon of milk. I want to keep it simple. You know, I always fall back on what I had to do. And I told you before, I never forget riding my bicycle up the north end to D'Angelo's in the rain or whatever it is. The manager was real, really good. I said, look, you know, if I come in here and work, do you mind if I have a sandwich at, at times? Sure. He said, you take a break, you can make your own sandwich. At the end of the, what they used to do, what they did at D'Angelo's, they used to cut the edge, the ends of the bread off and throw them into a plastic bag under the under the shelf. And it would once the plastic bag would fill up, they take it and go throw it in a dumpster. Me at the end of the night, I was saying, "Hey, this is when I was single years ago, and I'm trying to trying to exist." And I said, "You know what? At the end of the night, do you mind if I take that bag 
with with that bread. You'd see me riding from the north end with this bag. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I had, I had about forty pieces of bread in a bag. I would take it home in. I'd make this big kettle, and I can't make kachupa, manchupa. You know, I can't make it, but. But um, I would I would put make me a nice kettle or some stuff with some bread and 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 eat that. I didn't care if somebody saw me riding down the street with bread hanging on the back because I I had it for like a whole month, you know, free some of it. I was good. It's uh, nice, you know. That's, that's the, old. Uh, that's old school style, man. A lot, lot of bread for a whole lot of soup, peanut, man. Remember the days we and I, I won't go into another subject, but remember the days when we used to have peanut butter and jelly. Right? How many times did you go home and your parents were like, you know what you're having for lunch? When when the schools years ago used to send the kids home for lunch, you didn't have lunch in school. You have to go home. Sometimes I'd go home and it was, you know, what's there? We're going to have peanut butter and jelly, man. I had many peanut peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Still, it's a go-to, you know. I don't mind it, you know. The uh, Just got to put something in your system, in your in your, uh, in, in your stomach. And, um, yep. Anyone out there that uh, wants uh, to get Russell and I to wear a T-shirt on the podcast um, or maybe even on the radio station, um, let us know. Send us a T-shirt. We'll wear it. Um, actually, like this one. It's from the Wind Down podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, need a t- I, need a, I need a T-shirt, man. You got to talk to B. Carter and C. Lister and see if they can get you one. But, um, the uh, you know. Thanks again, Russell. You know, I'm, I'm going to continue. Um, and I got a few things I got to do, set up some other podcasts for uh, the f- com- up- upcoming week. So, you know, I appreciate you and uh, and your conversation. And uh, what I'm going to do is end with our commercial. But uh, please no, don't forget. The, don't forget before you go, we get another podcast coming up pretty soon. What's the big what's the big one coming up pretty soon? You better tell everybody. The big one is getting, I'm going to be the guest and I'm going to be interviewed by the famous or, I got, or, I guess or, I, or, or infamous Russell I Ramis. Got, I got high questions for you, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a hard interview, man. I don't know. You might hit the button. I don't know. Really, Charlie is always ready for real questions. So I am, <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> really, Charlie? All right. Yeah, okay. really. <laughs> all, all right, right my brother have a good okay. day stay warm light the fireplace right. up you know okay uh, and uh take care god bless you okay brother. take care everybody. safe and clear. Our number is 
You are listening to WMB1 Radio, your urban music link from the secret city. Your host, Charlie Perry and Russell Raymond, serving you R&B music on the rocks. Chilled music with chilled hosts, where you get to listen to the music you love the most on WMB1 Radio. (laughs) 